your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Solo. All right, welcome to a Friday of Lacrosse Talk PM. If you want to get in here, 608-785-7914. If you have something to complain about, Anthony Tregoski, UW Lacrosse, political science professor, are you going to complain about jets flying in the air all day? I'm trying to nap. Yeah, I'm sure that there have been noise complaints over these last couple days, Rick. Because, I mean, you know, people are going to be upset about anything, but shouldn't people be more focused on just how cool it is? Like, I had this, like, giant plane swooping by my place in Alaska. Hey, I'll take the extra noise for such an awesome sight. We'll see what you we'll see what you say on Sunday <laughs> after three three four days of this. Hey, the jokes on all of you. I'm going to the Twin <laughs> Cities for tomorrow and Sunday. You're leaving town. Ah, are you leaving town on purpose though? That's the question. <laughs> um, yeah, we had and we had the pilots uh, for that F-35 on here yesterday. Had some fun with them. Uh, I'd asked them all the important questions. Chagoski asked them if they can take selfies while flying, texting while flying. Um, if their plane is faster than the blue, if they dragged race with the Blue Angels, who would win? If the Blue Angels are jealous that she's flying this, this uh, you know, this is an eighty million dollar jet. This F-35 that that's come down. And it's a, it's just a recruiting tool too. Like they do. Let's bring our coolest toy, yeah, and tell everybody, hey, join the air force. You can fly this thing. And they can just cruise around in Utah and break the sound barrier. So yeah, right. that's we pretty go, sweet. We can go out in the desert and just do whatever. You know, there's there's animals out there, but that's fine. They don't care about <laughs> the. They don't. We don't care about their eardrums. Uh, maybe maybe they did a study and there are no animals that eardrums will bust when you break the sound barrier. Um, you're gonna miss Artspire too this weekend. That's this it's coming up. Art so Spire, much it's like an art so, fest downtown. So much going on, and the reason I'm leaving is to see the horrible Minnesota Twins. Oh no! Why would you do such a thing? Are they horrible? I guess I don't. Last year they were really good, right? They they're improving a little bit, but they're facing the hated Houston Astros this weekend. Oh yeah, well everyone hates the Astros, so right. we can root for the Twins this weekend at least. Um. So there's a there, like I just I, I snagged all these headlines because this is like when you when you leave for two weeks or leave for a week, then we got to catch up. But every every day, it seems like and I don't want to do this yet, but we can just maybe we can get to it. We'll see. But every day it's like Wisconsin Republicans, yada, 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 like whatever it is, don't want to or do want to. And then it's like, and uh, Democratic governor is going to veto this. So, like, this fight's going to continue. We we have to come to some kind of consensus with some of this stuff. But that is that never going to happen because we're a year out from an election? What's so interesting is that usually the governor is able to set the terms of the debate. But in Wisconsin, it's really the case that the Republican-controlled state legislature drives the agenda and sets the terms of the debate. Just look at what they've done recently. Today, there was news about cutting funding to public transit in Milwaukee and Madison. And then you have the bill about the $300 per week unemployment benefits that the legislature wants to cut, but Tony Evers is going to veto this. And this has been the story throughout the time that Governor Evers has been in office, that he's been very much a reactive governor basically vetoing the things that the legislature sends him. 
And that puts him in an interesting spot running for re-election. He recently announced that he's running for re-election, and the Republicans are mocking him as sort of this do-nothing governor. But the reason he's a do-nothing governor is because of the fact that the Republican-controlled state legislature has been just consistently hostile to him throughout his time in office. Yeah, it's like uh, we're going to, you know, we're going to propose things we know you're going to veto and then you're going to call special sessions on things that we could debate and vote down. But we're not even going to do that. We're just going to gavel out of the session. So we're not going to do the things that you say we should do. And if you're not going to do, but I don't. Ninety five percent of Wisconsin politics with this divided government is just giving the other side things that they will say no to, whether it's through a special session or through bills that the legislature is passing. Well, how much do you pay? You're from Minnesota. Your parents live there, right? Yep. Uh, how much How much do you pay attention to Minnesota state government? Uh, quite a bit. And it turns out that they actually can... They pass their budget. They can a pass a budget. Ago. They can do this radical thing called finding common ground under divided government. And Minnesota's in a unique situation. I, I don't know if it's unique nationally. Last term, it was unique nationally. They're only split government in the country where the House was Democratic and the Senate was Republican, right? House, Senate, yeah. are we calling it that? Yeah. And then because in Wisconsin, it's assembly for some reason because yeah. we're stupid. Um, and uh, and then the governor is a Democrat. So but they, they yeah, they there doesn't seem to be this contention, but there is a split government. So why? Why wouldn't there still be this contention? I think it's because the Republican Party in Minnesota doesn't have what I call the swagger that the Republican Party in Wisconsin does. Well, swagger is cool. Like, you want swagger. I think that what I mean there is that the Wisconsin Republican Party feels like they can call the shots and set the terms of the debate. I don't know if you want swagger. Now I think about it. I'm thinking of that guy (laughs) that runs the WWE Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon when he walks in with his, you know, that, that walk where like that's I swagger. love that walk. Yeah. Just, but that's Robin Voss when that's he walks through Voss. the assembly and yeah. everyone rolls their eyes and looks like, You're, <laughs> Hey little man. Um, and I said, I don't want to get into this yet, but there we are. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just, it's, it's funny to me because I'm like, okay, well the house and the Senate are split. They could be doing all these, like yeah. the house is going to pass a bunch of stuff and the Senate's going to go. No, and in Minnesota, you know, the Minnesota Senate Republicans there are going to pass a bunch of stuff, and the House is going to go no. What's funny is none none of these places are are anywhere on marijuana. And sure. I think, and my cons- I have a conspiracy theory about marijuana in Minnesota is that there was literally parties called just like legalized marijuana running for Congress in Minnesota and other offices, I think. But I just remember. On my ballot was this not, not I'm not quoting because I can't remember the part. There were so many of them. It was like Jim Hagedorn, um, the guy Feehan was the the Democrat for Congress, and then the other guy and his and his. So it's like a Republican farm labor. I think is that how the Minnesota works? The labor mm-hmm. farm labor yep. instead of Democrat, it's farm labor yep. or something. The stupidest name ever too, because like. Roll my eyes at that. Like, oh, farm labor. Like, could you be any more, like, obvious about something so, like, you're not, you're not, I don't know. Like, just just go back to calling yourselves Democrats. And then the third party was legalized marijuana party, which snagged, like, a good percentage of the votes, which just ruins, you know, it, it, it's great if you're going to have, if we could just have more parties running, but it's it's this uneven teeter-totter where the third party just... It's kind of what like uh, Kanye West was trying to do. Under the current system, 
third parties functionally act as spoilers. I love how you just skipped over the fact I threw Kanye West (laughs) into the conversation. You're like, yeah, Kanye West. You had your idea you were going to go with it, but yeah, you you totally obliviated it. I couldn't think of how to loop in the idea that Kanye West, according to Entertainment Tonight, which I was watching yesterday... They ha- he had now has a new love interest. Oh, so that's right. He got can divorced. we tie that into this like conversation? Well, you know, Kim Kardashian saw that he wasn't going to be on enough uh, in enough states to run for president, wasn't going to win the presidency, and therefore divorced his ass. Right? That's where we're at. All right, we're going to continue this. I got to get Brad to do the news, and not that I'm getting him to do the news. I just know he'll do it. Uh, we'll be back after this. Off into the mic. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk BM. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. We always do this, Chagoski. We start the Friday off. I want to be, I want to have fun. It's Friday. By the way, I wanted to, we'll, we'll get into state politics in a little bit, and then we just get into state politics and everyone turns the radio off because they don't want to listen to state politics talk on a Friday afternoon. The air show's in town. Art Spires tomorrow. Uh, it's, it's 90 degrees out. Everyone wants to go tubing down the river and pee on themselves. And drink beer and pee on themselves in the river. Uh, I don't know. Do you do that a lot in the summer? I think those. Ri- I, I, what percentage of those rivers do you think is water versus pee? <laughs> is that's the question that I wonder. I mean, I'm I'm saying at least fifty fifty. <laughs> um, we and then and we didn't even. I should have teased this right away. Is we want to talk about the chicken sandwich wars. There's chicken sandwich wars that that lacrosse really isn't privy to because we only have. We, we, the battlefield here is only Burger King. We only have the Burger King side of this battlefield at this point. Hey, that was a strong position that Mitch Reynolds took on Lacrosse Talk PM this week in favor of a Popeyes in Lacrosse, and I support that movement. And do, are you are you okay with him using his power as the mayor to put a Popeyes chicken franchise right in City Hall, like <laughs> maybe in the lobby? If there's an empty, vacant area in City Hall, because I because he doesn't want it at Pizza Doctors, the old Pizza Doctors building, because it's too far away. It's like four blocks for him, and that's just too far. So he needs it closer. So, I mean, as long as we get a Popeye's chicken, put it in City Hall. In fact, it, a lot of people would probably be okay with it because it goes on the tax rolls, right? And then at least City Hall's paying some taxes. I don't know. Compromise. We put the Popeye's in the old Pizza Doctors, and then have a delivery service to City Hall. Okay, but the, I I heard these delivery like eat these these you know Eat Street yeah these like third DoorDash Grubhub these third party delivery services really well and this is Popeye's Chicken is like a national franchise so you wouldn't really care about taking uh, where Grubhub takes like thirty percent off the top oh to, it's ridiculous but if you're if you're ordering from a local place and you get Grubhub or Eat Street or one of the, you know I don't know which one is the worst but the the local place it really gets hit hard. By you ordering takeout and using a third-party delivery system. That was a big deal during the pandemic, right? Because people figured that they could order from these apps, these delivery apps, to help keep local places open. But then it was revealed and there became just greater awareness of how much money these apps are taking in off the top, basically. And and I guess, you know, would it be so hard to... It probably probably would. To, I mean, there's just there's loopholes when you do it third party, like Uber, and you see all the loopholes there. But the uh, you know the, the the mom and pop chicken place, we need one. The mom and pop burger place that that just hires their own delivery driver, but that's too hard on them because it's the, that delivery driver maybe never stops or he can't get to the places on time. And 
Um, it, it does take like this third party and then they're taking so much off the top, but you can't deny them that because then you're just losing sure. so that you're just going to go to the other business. Then if you can't, if your pizza place isn't on the app for the third party delivery system, it's getting deep. We're getting deep here. But uh, like Chicken Wars, Burger King is fighting with Chick-fil-A. Is that how this goes in, in, in trying to uh, we're doing and, and we're fighting over LGBTQ rights and donating or not donating to different causes? Uh, Chick-fil-A rumored to be going up in on Alaska at some point, but I think they've kind of paused that maybe because of the pandemic, maybe because maybe because people don't want uh, anti lgbtq Chick-fil-A there. I don't know. I think they've they just paused their idea of going to on Alaska, but I sent you this 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 uh what was it, a meme or whatever earlier today that there's these two places are owned by the same parent company. Right. So like, it's just all, they're all playing us. They're playing us all for selling chicken sandwiches. One of the incredibly weird things about this moment in American culture and American politics is that you can signal your partisanship and your ideology by where you go get a chicken sandwich. (laughs) Like so much has become political and so much has become ideological that now, if you go to Burger King, it means that you're a liberal. If you go to Chick-fil-A, it means that you're a conservative. Truly one of the absurdities of contemporary American where, politics. Where will we draw the line with this, too? Will it be? Will it get so specific as if you put pickles on your chicken sandwich, you're <laughs> anti-LGBTQ. And if you put tomatoes on your chicken sandwich, then you're pl- pro-gay gay rights. It seriously could get to that point where people <laughs> do these little... Oh, no. th- People do these little things nowadays to signal if they're a conservative or signal if they're a liberal, like shopping at Hobby Lobby, for instance, or going to just depending on where they shop or depending on what you eat in this culture war moment in American politics. And I'm stalling because Rick is looking for something. Oh, I got to find this. <laughs> <laughs> and the mic falls it's, off. It's a Friday, so things are really falling apart right now. <laughs> well, yeah, Mike Hayes celebrates 35 years, and he breaks the mic on me. Mike, <laughs> I think he sabotages my mic. He's showing me who's the who has the power here. I'll stall by giving a shout out to Mike Hayes pretty, pretty for 35 years on Wisdom. I thought that was so cool to hear today that Mike has. Hit the 35-year mark, and I've been here for way less than 35 years in the lacrosse area, but getting to know Mike and being part of the morning show and just getting to, just being welcomed by Mike to the area has been a real highlight for me being here in lacrosse. So shout out to Mike Hayes for his great run here in lacrosse. It's been a real treat to get to know him. Well, you make it sound like he's out. Shout out to Mike for your great run. See you. No, I don't think he's <laughs> And retired. many more years. Many, many more years of 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 uh, lacrosse talk AM with Mike. Now, what's different about having you coming in with Mike in the morning? You can no, nope, not doing that. Nope. Oh. Uh, no, not taking that call. Um, what's what's uh, you know, Mike? You have to call in to Mike's show because it would be funny to, for you to come in for like a ten minute hit. <laughs> but maybe you should just tell Mike, hey, Mike, I'll just stick in here one morning with you, and we can just. Roll, roll, do a whole show together. Hey, can like I do the do. weather? I mean, I, I could do the weather. Well, you know, we could we could have you run the board with for Mike, you know, and then he you can answer <laughs> his calls and do, no, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, it's a pretty cool. I didn't, I didn't. Oh, what uh, a cool milestone! We we tried to surprise him too. I guess I didn't ask uh, Friday. Kind of people like in and out 
uh, pretty early on Friday, so I haven't seen anyone yet. I haven't even talked to Brad yet today, but um, we tried to surprise him with this 35 years because I don't think he knew. You know how we know that it's 35 years? Because we got the human Google in the other room. He knows the exact date. He knows the exact date that he met, Brett, met Mike Hayes. Uh, he was telling us, you know, he's like, actually, I think it was. And it ends up being on a weekend, so we couldn't do it. So, but yeah, Brad Williams member, remembers the exact day that he might, might met Mike Hayes. And uh, oh, anyway, it's a long time, man. 35 years to do, to do, uh, to work at the same job. I'm at like six or seven here, but I've done probably five jobs so far. So, how long, uh, how long is, what, what is your longest tenured job? Not tenure, you know what I mean? Like, how long have you been at a single job? Well, I'm currently creeping up on three years at UW Lacrosse. Okay, but you're a young guy yet. You're, you're sure. How old are you? 30. You're, oh, you're 30. So, yeah. W- w- weirdest job you had uh, before, you know, like maybe in high school or, you know, did you have any weird jobs growing up? Oh, yeah. Well, the weirdest job I had was Party Patrol when I was in undergrad at the University of Minnesota. Uh, basically, I, I could imagine you just go around and make sure there's not house or tell the police there's house parties going on. Or basically, something. basically like, oh, I smell marijuana. <laughs> or, oh, it sounds like there's people having a good time over there. It sounds like party pooper control. It, if you it, ask it, me. it was being basically a huge you bu- feel bad. buzzkill. You feel bad about that? Looking I back, did you're feel like, bad. Wow, I'm just uh, t- tattling on people who are, you know. And they were my peers, too. Like, I was a student while I was doing this tattling on other students. UW Lacrosse, not that, it's, not, it's not even close to the same, but they have this thing where they, at night, go and kind of, like, patrol the Riverside district just to make sure people aren't drunk and ending up in the river a little bit not really a party pooper situation more of a safety situation there but um my weirdest job was making depends diapers so (laughs) it could really clark i did that a a couple of summers i think it was i i mean i've told some interesting stories uh about about doing that but yeah that's that was probably my weirdest job and i would just uh night shift because it was like a 12-hour so I I'd do a night shift every you know three days on three days off, but there was a twelve hour night shift, and I would just make depends diaper balls. So I'd make like ten, and I would just do three point contests into the garbage can, so just to pass the time because <laughs> the machine just runs. It's like an automated diaper machine; it just runs. Um, all right. So coming up is Tragoski's favorite thing in the world, and he really enjoyed Scott's comment today. I agree with his comment today. And Scott's comment, just a little tease. What Scott Scott's comments about? Hey. We've got a lot of money in Wisconsin state government flowing in. Let's just give everyone a little bit of what they want. How about that? Let's make everyone happy. Okay, so you're talking just like tax money? Yeah. So just give it back to the people? <laughs> Stimulus checks? Tax? Re- hey, give the governor part of what he wants. Give the legislature part of what they want. Why fight when you've got an abundance of cash? When Uncle in? Scrooge is swimming in the money <laughs> bin, right? DuckTales reference. You get it? Do you get the DuckTales reference? Okay, I'm just making sure. All right, we'll be back after this. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. UW Lacrosse, political science professor Dr. Anthony Tchaikovsky joining me as he does most Fridays. And uh, we're, we were talking about chicken sandwich wars. Mark texted in best chicken sandwich in Lacrosse, quick trip spicy chicken sandwich. That's where Mark went. You can do worse. I mean, this is this is a conversation we had before the show because we were pre, you know, we we did our pre-show, uh, whatever you want to call it, practice, and and uh, you know some of the talking points I got to, 
when it comes to, you know, the the mayor wants a Popeye's chicken, and we're talking about these national chains, right? Quick Trip's in it. Quick Trip's not quite a national chain yet, but it's kind of it's getting big, and and sure. it's and it's a it's a little bit corporate corporate corporationy <laughs> now to the point where it's not you know Sally's chicken or you know whatever. Uh, Betty's Betty's Southside Chicken Shop or something like that. We don't really have. Okay, somebody on the text line, text me, Mark. Thank, thanks for the suggestion. Quick trip, spicy chicken sandwich. But where? But I always feel a little itchy about like my favorite place to go to get chicken is Festival Foods. Like, and you just kind of you kind of just go no. Like, uh, uh, you know, the South Lanes Pizza. That was it was on their billboard. Best pizza in town. And you know the rights of the, the the recipe has been sold, and somebody's going to open a South Lane's Pizza here at some point. And you kind of feel a little bit better about that because it's okay. It feels weird, but it's a, it was like a bowling alley pizza, but it was just like local pizza, Big Al's local pizza, uh, Corky's and the Cross. So there's these local, and they you kind of know them. But what's the chicken equivalency to uh, Big Al's pizza? Does Lacrosse have one? If you want to, I mean, you, you could call and, and break down. Chicken and, and lacrosse six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four, or you can text me. I know I had a couple friends when I did this last time. Just be like, no, this place has pretty good, you know, local chicken if you wanted to get it. But it always. Uh, but you were telling me before, you're like, yeah, Quick Trip's got pretty good fried chicken. It's not that bad. No. I mean, by gas station standards. Yeah, it's like I mean, and sometimes that's uh, even back home. That was that was where we got fried chicken, the gas station. Back home, we have what's called Romy's. Uh, it's like a supper club, and you do wedding receptions there. That's where we get chicken, and it feels like cooler because we're going to this like local supper club that's twenty miles, in, in no, nothing around it for twenty. It's like twenty miles from Green Bay. It's twenty miles from Appleton. It's out in the middle of a field, this giant ballroom. Uh, but they got good chicken, <laughs> and so that's where we go. And it feels like, oh yeah, this is good local something to get. Um, but uh, okay, so Candace texts in Uptown Cafe. Her chicken yes. is the best, and you said this too, right? I, I completely agree with that. The chicken and waffles that they have at Uptown Cafe is one of the best meals that I've had in Lacrosse. And you, so I can't. I don't understand what's chi- is that that chicken and waffles. I just want <laughs> waffles, or I just want chicken. Also, I need chicken to go because I need to go home and eat chicken alone, secluded in my basement with the TV on. And just like a towel, you know, not even a napkin. Just give me a like a, a like a sturdy like rag to wipe my face off. Nobody else is around, right? Like you do what you want. Uh, is that that? That's not how you eat chicken. We need the chicken rag, right? Yeah. <laughs> to, to, to wipe down when, after. Our well, at, in between, you know, if there's a, I gotta change the channel once in a while, so I can't get chicken <laughs> grease all over the remote control. But I need to, I need to take the chicken home. And then that gets aside from the point of having a, a chicken and waffles combination. Are you putting syrup on the waffles, or is the chicken go in? Is it a waffle sa- chicken waffle sandwich? It's a waffle with fried chicken on top of it, and you and you douse the thing in syrup. Is it like a chicken patty, or is there bones? Uh, it, it, well, it, it can it's be. Like it can be leg. either. Uh, you know, I prefer it boneless. Well, yeah, because you don't want to eat the bone. Sure. You can't be weird to eat a bone chicken waffle sandwich. This it's a lot of work. This is a mainstay in the southern United States. I understand and that. And I will say, having lived in the South for a while and having enjoyed chicken and waffles in the South, the Uptown Cafe's version is as good as what you would find in the South. 
All right. So Northside Kent, who go ahead, put those on. Northside Kent, who yesterday we were asking, I asked the community to give me, and I got great responses from the community about where the F thirty five pilot should go to eat. They're staying downtown. I got all kinds of suggestions. I actually forwarded. I think Char. I'm sorry if it's C H A R on my text line. So if it's Char or Char. I'm sorry, I don't exactly know, but she texted me a whole list, and I just forwarded that text to the F-35 team. Um, and then Northside Kent flies in and says, North Country Steak Buffet is where the pilots should go, the performers for the Air Fest, who are going to be doing crazy maneuvers in the air, rolling 7Gs. Yeah, that's what you want the day before you're rolling 7Gs. It's North Country. Not Nothing wrong with con- North Country Steak Buffet, but you're not eating a buffet before you go and roll 7Gs in an F-35 Lightning II, Kent, what are you thinking? You have to find the right time to go to North Country Steak Buffet. Yes, and it's, it's Sunday night after the air show, <laughs> Kent. That's, our, that's, my, that's my final answer. What do you got, Kent? That, that's what I was saying. I meant Sunday night after the air show hit the North Country Steak Buffet. I, I'm sure they don't have potty air suits, you know what I'm saying, Rick? Yeah, for sure. I mean, cleaning up the F-35. And and, and uh, Dave Larson, who's running the AirFest, says he's had, uh, you know, when the air show comes and they put the, the, the you know, everyday, what do you call them, citizens uh, to go on a guest run, he's had a couple of people puke in the in the Blue Angel. They probably ate a buffet the night before is what happened. Probably North Country or whatever, but then you go, you're going to ban me off your show because I made that suggestion. Come on, brother. <laughs> well, and you're eating chicken down in your basement? Yeah, yeah. I got with a, a rag. Well, yeah, with a with rag. A rag. A chicken rag. Yeah, it's a chicken rag. Um, no, I just wanted to say hi to the Professor and you both. Uh, hey, Professor, thanks for not uh, dementing these students on our campus with all this woke junk. And, uh, you know, I've talked to some of your students. I used to work at UWL, and, uh, man, they said you're a guy that, gives both sides of the story. It's not just this warp junk, you know. But anyway, I'll let you guys go. I love you. Bye. I appreciate that. All right. Well, we should ask them what his dog is working at. <laughs> Kent, what was your Kent? Text me and what your dog? What was? What's everything okay? The dog's going crazy. Kent's um, getting intel on me from my students. Yeah, he's, he's, he's following up on you. He's not sure if you're too woke or not. I would say me and William Garcia do a podcast that comes out every Monday called Y'all the Democratic Y'all are way Voice. more woke than I am. Well, anytime you see woke, if a, you see a, a politician say the word woke, just ignore whatever they're saying because they're just trying to get you pissed. Like that's if you see a headline, if you see a story that's got and it's not, I don't know. There's the, if it's got woke in the headline. Just just move on to the next story. That's kind of what me and William Garcia were talking about. I mean, I literally got a press release about something going on in Winona, and they were like, oh, the woke culture of the yada yada. And I was just like, okay, well, I can't. I can't even pay credence to whatever you're talking about because you're just throwing woke in there. Well, that and, like, critical race theory. I mean, I went to you know, a PhD program in political science. And I don't think I heard the term political, critical race theory once while I was doing my doctoral work in political science. I think people need to understand that critical race theory is a relatively obscure field in academia, that it's not something that we spend all day talking about in the faculty lounge, which doesn't exist. We don't have a lounge. But if we <laughs> did, did you have, have a lounge fa- before the pandemic? <laughs> if we did have a faculty lounge, we would not be discussing critical race theory in it all day. It, it's a relatively obscure area of study. And so that's what's been so 
odd to me about all of this attention that it's grabbing. I don't know much about it. I haven't encountered it in my own studies in American politics. It does have uh, some people who have authored books on critical race theory and written articles on critical race theory, but it is hardly a dominant school of thought in academia or in really any area of study. So that's been one of the weirdest things to me in recent months is seeing this surge of attention toward that. Um, do people just misunderstand or maybe misconstrue critical race theory with learning about slavery? Yeah, I think critical race theory is one of those things that has come to mean whatever people want it to mean, right? It's, the, it's almost like another quote-unquote woke term. It's like yeah. another... Well, just wanna, like woke means whatever well, people want it to mean. How much of a, a political science conversation do you have or do you think about in terms of just like politics nowadays is just getting your party pissed off yeah. by using words like woke, critical race theory, uh, and, and, I don't know, I'm sure there's a, a slew of other ones, but... Um, Green New Deal is almost like turned into one of those things where, whoa, Green New Deal, climate change, that's another. And there, there's there's no context to what you're, you're you know, pushing. And I'm just using a lot of Republican ones. Is there, there's got to be some, you know, the, yeah. like, I, I don't get a lot of the Democratic uh, f- trigger words because Ron Kine's pretty boring on his Facebook page and he doesn't throw s- stuff like that out. Uh, Steve Doyle, the worst thing I saw Steve Doyle put on his social media was that he was having a fundraiser for his birthday. So if you wanted to go attend his birthday on his hobby farm, uh, you had to like donate some money. And I just went, oh, can I can I just come to the, you know, as media, I probably could just come to the hobby farm and, and cover the birthday can't you party. Can just hang but, out? But, uh, but it was like, come to my hobby farm on my birthday and donate to the campaign. And I was just like, oh, can't just have people come to your hobby farm, man. Well, Rick, I've done some work on this, actually, where I looked at the voices in politics who were the most outrageous, the most inflammatory, and then I looked at their fundraising numbers, and this was actually part of my dissertation. What I found was that the more outrageous, the more out there, the more trying to rile people up that you are as a politician, the more you engage in that kind of stuff, the more money you bring in. Yeah. So nowadays, you're absolutely right. Politicians have a clear incentive to be as outrageous and inflammatory as possible because that's where the cash is coming from. People who are motivated to the, give because of that. The biggest Democratic woke or not woke term, the biggest Democratic trigger term would just be Donald Trump. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and maybe one of the biggest Republican ones would just be Nancy Pelosi. Right. Sure. She's turned into. I don't, I don't know why. Is it because she's an old lady and you look at her and you just go, how could she? I don't I don't understand the Nancy Pelosi thing, but she has said some pretty stupid things, but she's an old lady. Get, cut her some slack. All right, we're going to go back to the phones. I'm trying to like, uh, call her. Who is this? Hello. Are you there? Oh, wait. No, I got to do this. Okay, now you're on. Go ahead. Oh, thanks. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah, when you were talking about you eating chicken in the towel, I, it was a bad visual. But the uh, professor did just reference uh, something that answered something that I was going to talk about, is that the other night, uh, I forget what channel I was on, I was watching, and they were stating that the um, the critical, critical uh, race theory has been taught in schools for 50-plus years, and I think he... 
he just alluded to that, and I'd like to hear his opinion on on that as going way back to the to the uh, slavery issue. If if in fact they're just delineating that into that broad of a statement, just the awareness factor, and just uh, I'd like to hear from the uh, professor and the chicken choker. Ah. All right, what do you got, Chugoski? Well, first of all, we're gonna call you that from now on. Chicken choker, chicken choker, Rick. I feel like I'm choking on chicken, not choking a chicken. But uh, Kent, <laughs> Kent did text in, and he said his dog was barking at me, and the the idea of me eating chicken in my basement. Well, as the dog fin- should be barking. I have at a finished that. basement. It's a little cooler down there in the summer, and I've got a big old TV down there to watch whatever I want to watch while I'm eating chicken. It can't be something too serious because I gotta you know pay attention a lot to the whether or not I'm swallowing a bone. But okay, we're we're sidetracking from uh, his question. I mean, I think the caller is right in that critical race theory has come to mean things that it really doesn't mean in the academic sense of the word. Where critical race theory has come to mean discussions of slavery. Critical race theory has come to mean discussions of discrimination. It's come to mean all of these things that it doesn't really mean. I think critical race theory now really means discussing race and talking about race in a certain way that some people find objectionable. So I guess what I would say is if that's what people are mad about, then just say that and don't talk about critical race theory and use this term in a way that is just fundamentally inaccurate. Well, do you do you feel like the five white legislators that propose critical race theory bans? And I don't even know if that's accurate when when you say they were trying to ban critical race theory. They did weren't you, trying to ban right. critical race theory. They were trying to ban what they think critical race theory is. Yeah, and I was going to say, did they misconstrue what a critical race theory is and b what they are trying to ban in uh, public education and also their cancel culturing culture, <laughs> you know, like it's just like we always rip on, uh, the, the, you know, the Republicans always rip on Democrats for trying to, the, uh, to quote unquote cancel culture, another trigger term. Um, and then they get up in five legislators in a Thursday news dump. I believe it was a Thursday news dump. We should check the wire before you go, Tregoski, for a Friday news bump. Um, but they're they're trying to essentially uh, cancel culture some culture in the public education system. But they did. Yeah, do you how how up to speed are you on that? Well, I, I know that they I know what they were doing. They were using the term critical race theory because they know that that term riles people up and that term would get attention for their proposal. Now, as we mentioned, their proposal really wasn't about critical race theory at all. It was just about teaching certain topics related to race. But they knew that that's sort of the new catchphrase. It's the new term that's in fashion nowadays to put into fundraising emails and to get bookings on cable news and to get your uh, to get your story in the newspaper. Just mention critical race theory, and that'll get people's attention. So that's what they were really doing. They were using the term to get attention, and they were not using the term because they were, you know, seriously engaging with the actual concept. All right, Joe's calling in. Joe, go ahead. You're on the air. Yeah, you're going to up your basement chicken game. You know how? Remote in the Ziploc bag. Then you don't have to worry about the grease on it. All right. Good one, Joe. I feel like that might be the missing part to your basement chicken puzzle. All right. Thanks, Joe. Hold tight. I I just looked at the clock. I got to take one more quick break. 
pointing. I like the pointing. Like, that's fine. Now, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. We've got a couple of calls here, and uh, I just want to get to them. Tregoski, the UW Lacrosse political science professor, in with us. Number three's calling in. we got to see what number three's got planned this weekend. Airfest number three? No, no, no. I, I get sick watching airplanes. I go down and fly snooze airlines every once in a while in Westby. Anyway, the reason I'm calling is I want to know what happened to your girlfriend. Or if you and Millie are sitting down in the basement eating chicken, what's the girlfriend? What's she get to eat? Well, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna throw her under the bus uh, with me eating the chicken, but you know she might be just down there too uh, with her own chicken rag. Uh, I thought maybe she was having steak and lobster or something, you know. You have a his and hers chicken rag. Yeah, I mean, we've got our own tables down. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, you, you definitely have to have your own. If you had a good hatch or not. Yeah. <laughs> your chicken hatch wasn't any good. Your chicken ain't going to be any good. Remember that. I spent 30 years in the business. All right, local, best local fried chicken, number three. You got to tell me. You got to know. Well, I tell you, Donnie Zitlow does a very good job of frying chickens. <laughs> We're going back to a quick show. i got to hang up on him for that one. Uh, Joe's back. Joe, okay, I wanted you to leave on top. Leave on top like George Costanza, but now you're back, so the, the pressure's on here for you to perform. Well, I don't know. Well, I'm just going to point out with a lot of people that I talk to we think about uh, uh, hijacking critical race theory to use. The government has always tried to separate people to gain power, whoever's in power. And now that, uh, you know, they can't use economic disparities because they're, you know, whether it's through social programs like Obama phone or good economic proposals that Trump put through, the the playing field is a little more equal on the economic. So now they're really hitting hard on race, and they're going to try and start, uh, you know, way down at the bottom and get these young kids involved with hating each other uh, due to race so that they can separate a class, you know, so they can have class warfare where it's not working economically anymore. Now they have to rely solely on race and start the kids off young. Should have stuck. Should have stuck with chicken, Joe. I'm just saying. I mean, he's not. He's not totally wrong there. And but uh, you know, the the idea that yeah, the, that's kind of the game politics, right? To split the split the nation a little bit. That's or the new game. Well, yeah. I mean, there is benefit in bringing up these culture wars. There is benefit in riling people up over these hot-button issues like race and culture. It works to politicians' advantage, and that's why they do it. So it gets back to what we were talking about, Rick, how this isn't really about critical race theory at all. It's about what people think critical race theory is or what people imagine critical race theory to be. A libertarian guy texts in, and he just says, uh, you know, you could be correct with how critical race theory is portrayed. Uh, but he says critical race theory is not a, an appropriate curriculum in school. Oh, fair enough. But then let's talk about what we actually want to have taught in schools instead of using critical race theory as a catch-all term for things that it just doesn't mean. All right, so anyone watching Facebook Live should be able to hear us right now, but I'm pretty sure we just have a weather update going. Oh. Oh, there we go. I think it just ended. Whatever, whatever that weather update, these red lights lit up, and I didn't see them until. But uh, anyway, that's all the time that we have. Uh, I think we got enough done. We got, we got the chicken talk out there. <laughs> we got critical race theory. I think everyone knows, understands 
that's a new trigger word. So just turn off your TV or, or go to the next article. Um, Whenever and, someone says critical race theory, they're trying to make you mad. Trying to get you mad, and and you can you can bet that that person nor you understands exactly what the hell critical race theory is anymore because we're just changing the definition. Uh, woke uh, Nancy Pelosi. Um, we did have a, a, a discussion on whether if Ron Kind was the House leader, if uh, we would hate Ron Kind as bad as Nancy Pelosi, but we can't get into that. All right, that's all the time we have for the week. Thank you, for everyone, for listening, and have a good weekend. Enjoy the air show.